1: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word.
0: Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. By this time in Jesus's ministry, He was not welcome in most synagogues. But unlike many of us, he didn't crawl up into a ball and hide in a corner saying, I'm never going to go to church anymore. This is important. The moment you make peace with the fact everyone's not going to like you is when you take your power back. You know, I've learned to say to myself, it's okay that some people don't like me. Because God hasn't given everyone taste. So Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And despite the rejection, the opposition, the animosity that some people showed, all it did was make Jesus' character even clearer. Because few things reveal our character like adversity. Let's take a peek at Hebrews 1 and 3. We're going to come right back. In verse 2, it says, God has in these last days spoken to us not through a prophet, certainly not through an angel, but by his son, who he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he has made the worlds, more literally, the ages. Who being the brightness of his glory, the Nicene Creed interprets this verse: that Jesus is God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, and the same essence as the Father. Would God add a deity, or better, add a humanity to his deity? He bridges the gap from where we are to where God is. R.C. Sproul says it this way. Touching his human nature, Jesus is no longer present with us. But touching his divine nature, he's never absent from us. And then it continues and the express image of his person. These two words are the two words I want to focus on before we get back to Luke 13. That term, or or, or the two words express image, is actually derived from one Greek word. It's the term character. And in Greek, it has a K. But what English word do you see in that term? Character. And this term character that the Greeks began to use, um, it came from an engraving stone that was, was used to make statues. And by the time the New Testament was written, it, it came to mean an exact expression. So, you know, words kind of have the etymology and, and they kind of evolve into things, but since, you know, uh, uh, statues were designed to look just like the person, character, that the term evolved out of this particular tool. It says here that Jesus is the express image or the very character of God, which means when we see Jesus, we have seen God, and because of this verse, we can loosely say, That Jesus became God's living statue. He's God's unique son and representative. And he was always in character. And if Jesus was a statue, we could kind of, now listen, I loosely say that Jesus was not a statue. But we see such character in Lady Liberty. No matter how hard it rains, her arm is up. When a bird flies and poops on her head, her arm is up. When two planes crash into the Twin Towers, her arms stayed up. Character is what you do when it's not easy. Character is what you do when it hurts. Character is when you keep your hands up to God when everything around you is trying to pull them down. Back to Luke 13, and Luke said, and behold, meaning pay attention to what I'm about to lay out. There was a woman, and in some ways, this woman was a whole lot like Jesus. You know, despite the criticism, Jesus kept teaching in church, but likewise, despite this woman's condition, she kept coming to church. You see, I have no other strategy in life except to keep showing up wherever Jesus shows up for me. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Now, some things in life are are just random. Don't get too deep on this. But other things are not as arbitrary as we might think. Some, you know, things that look like, you know, just the the toss of the dice really have deep spiritual roots, and we need God's help to help us discern the difference. Don't misread the passage. Everything is not caused by a spirit, but also everything is not just a result of chance either. Yes, we have a friend in Jesus. But the Bible's clear we also have an adversary in the devil. God is real, but so is Satan. She had this spirit of infirmity 18 years. Literally the 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 the, the writer says 10 and 8 years and this was how numbers were commonly expressed but but has anyone in this room um, had a problem that you could divide into unequal halves? At first, it was like this, but it progressed into this. So at first, it was just kind of a little lean, but before long, it bent you completely over. She had this spirit and was bent over, but she kept coming to church. How many of us come to church faithfully, but still find yourselves bent over in some area? When you've done everything the Bible tells you to do, you've listened to the pastor, you've read your Bible for yourself, and you keep staying somehow in the same condition It may not be a flesh and blood issue. More could be involved. Now, today a doctor would probably diagnose her issue as a curvature of the spine. But the scripture saw behind it, saw deeper than just the surface, just what you could read in a book. The scripture saw a spirit. And again, she had tried everything, but she couldn't raise herself up. And when you've done everything you know to do, there may be more to your problem than you might think. But God, but God, but God. But when Jesus saw her, he didn't just see her condition. He didn't just see the spirit oppressing her. He saw her. Does anyone still believe in a God who sees? When Jesus saw her, he shooed her away. Shamed her for having a spiritual problem. No. He called her to him. Not because she was better than anyone else or worse than anyone else. But because he saw her need. And he spoke to her, said to her. Now in a room crowded with people, this is a synagogue And this is Jesus. He's one of the most popular, loved, and hated figures at this time in Israel. So you know the room is full. So in order for him to say what he said, he had to project his voice in the crowd. And when he spoke, though, she heard in a special way. And today you may see some guy up there talking. But if somehow in my voice you can hear his voice, you can have the same results that this woman had on that day. My Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listening to God is the first step of every answered prayer. So out of everyone in the room, he addresses this bent over woman He doesn't just feel pity for her. Obviously, he's moved with some compassion. He didn't even know the woman's name, which means she wasn't in her his family. It wasn't an associate or or, or near friend. But he saw this stranger in this condition, and he said, woman, you are loose. Again, he projected his voice. But here's our problem. We can be in a situation so long, we can become so used to suffering, so familiar with issues and problems, we don't raise our voice anymore. We're too scared of what people might think, what people might say, what people might do. But with every eye on him, everyone watching, he raised his voice and said, woman, I can't stand by and watch you that way. I can't preach this message I'm about to preach with you in that condition. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. How many believe that God, Jesus only did God's will? Yeah. If Jesus didn't want this woman living with her physical illness, God doesn't want you living with whatever ails you either. Whether it's physical, psychological, financial, social, God cares about the types of spirits that are showing up in your life. Then watch verse 13. This is why you can't put God in a box. And he laid his hands on her. So we see here it was both a word, he spoke it, you're loosed, and a touch. It was faith and action. All this woman did to get free was hear the voice of Jesus in her heart and she was healed. And each person listening, whether you're live streaming or in this room, you could be healed today if you keep listening until you hear. No, no. It's one thing to hear with the ears on your head. But when you hear it with the ears in your heart, that's when faith arises. You see, sometimes, at least with me, I'm I'm a little bit stubborn in my brain. I might hear it a thousand times with my natural ears but it's that thousand and first time that finally it drops down into my heart and I know I've heard from the Lord and and freedom and deliverance springs. Immediately, she was made straight and glorified God. When you finally realize that this book called the Bible is not made for a preacher, it's made for you. Every promise. Every word spoken, every story is to say something to you. When you realize that 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 even a devil of 18 years is no match for the God of eternity. When you realize that, you'll glorify God too, just like this woman. But now watch the contrast. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He got mad. Christ's power and this woman's praise absolutely annoyed him. It was like the demon left her body and went right into this man's heart. Be careful about wrongly criticizing someone else's praise. Now I'm preaching good even if I gotta say that myself. You see, this leader was more concerned with appearances than the ultimate well-being of God's sheep. And he was mad because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. So this man was more concerned about his particular denomination's rule book, more concerned with the opinions of the learned in culture than the opinions of God, and Instead of addressing Jesus, well, he couldn't control Jesus, but he was the, the pastor, if you will, he was the rabbi, he was the ruler of the synagogue, he could address those that were under his authority. So he said to the crowd, but he makes the mistake here, when you're uncomfortable with something the Holy Spirit is doing or does, before you go to people, you need to go to God. God. I mean, all Jesus did was set a woman that had been bound for 18 years free. But this man acted like Jesus smacked his mama. (laughs) Like Jesus ate his last French fry. And then he goes on to preach to the crowd when Jesus is supposed to be the one talking. He said, there are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them. And not on the Sabbath. See, a a tradition arose that a doctor could only uh, act or or, or use medicine in, in life or death cases. But if it was just a chronic disease, the doctor on the Sabbath wasn't supposed to do anything. But the problem is, but the problem is, there's nothing in the law of Moses, there's nothing in the first five books of the Bible that forbids a person from being healed on the Sabbath. But here's what I've, I've learned. Most people will not let God's word get in the way of what they believe. I know, I, ooh, yeah. Think about that. Well, mom and them did it that way. My old church did it that way. Not, the Bible says. Okay, okay. I lost everyone in the room. I want to say it one more time. Most people won't let God's word get in the way of their beliefs. So after he preached his little sermon, the Lord answered him. Jesus is a bad boy. You don't want to mess with Jesus. Jesus was not scared. He was unintimidated. He was not bothered by this man's position or his title. We're about to learn something here. We, we, We quote the first part of Isaiah 54, and we say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's good, and that's true, but we leave out the part that we play, because the next piece says, in every tongue that rises up against you, you, you shall condemn, meaning you got to open your mouth. when. When my kids were still in the house and we watched television and somebody would do something sideways, I'd speak to the TV. I drove my children crazy, but I'd have an ongoing conversation with the television set because there were certain things that were being done and said I didn't want to land in my home. So every tongue that you got to open your mouth and address and condemn. Do not fear confrontation. Fear what happens if you don't speak up for yourself, if you don't speak up for God. The problem is not what they're saying, the problem is your silence. We're to study to show ourselves approved and give an answer for the hope that's within us. But watch Jesus. Like I said, Jesus is a bad boy. He didn't pull him off to the side. Take him into the private room in front of everybody. And that's the problem. You come at somebody in public, they might have to come. Okay, let's keep, okay. Jesus, look at this learned man. He's like the mayor of the city. I mean, you can't buy and sell without the approval of the synagogue. A man of reputation. Looked him in the face and said, hypocrite. He immediately addressed the man's motive. He was saying, if you can't rejoice over this woman's freedom, you are only an actor. You act like you love God, but you don't. That's what hypocrite means, actor. All six of y'all are going to pay attention to what I'm saying. People are often opposed to good, not because it's bad, but because it's not done their way. And Jesus said, okay, you preach, let me preach. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? Religious pride is the worst kind of pride at all. It destroys your sense of reason. It dulls your your normal sense of compassion and sympathy. And Jesus was saying, how is it you're more loving toward animals than the people? You won't eat meat because of your sensibilities, but you'll support people who will kill your baby in the ninth month as it comes out the womb. I'm preaching good here. Now, verse 16 is really where Jesus leans in. Elsewhere, there was this, this widow woman, an unjust judge, whole situation, waiting for a bribe. She didn't have the money to bribe him. And at the beginning of the parable, he says the meaning of the parable before he tells it, which is rare for Jesus. And he said he's telling this parable so men could learn that they ought to pray, ought to pray and not faint. Men ought always pray, okay, ought, al- ought, 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 always pray and not, fa- okay, it, it, it makes sense in a minute. He says, so ought, the problem is many of us have lost our ought. We've become so sophisticated that we lost our normal common sense. Never lose your sense of outrage. Just make sure you direct it properly. Get me mad. I'll turn over my plate. I'll be found on my knees. I will cry out to my God. So ought, hear Jesus' indignation at that woman's condition. Ought not this woman, a member of your congregation, Being a daughter of Abraham. Now, I want you to notice the only reason Jesus used the term ought here is not because she was better than anyone else or she did everything right. It was only because she was a daughter of someone God honored. Don't tell me what God won't do for someone else because of his relationship with you don't tell me what he won't do for your children for your neighbor, your brother, your sister your mother, your father your church, your community your nation because of his relationship with you if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven and heal their land never lose your sense of outrage just direct it Properly.
1: You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's Word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.